0: Going today, guys. Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penlin, joined once again by Ben Gorwitz today on Tuesday, June 1st, 2021. Ben, say what's up to the people.
1: What's going on, everyone? What's going on? Hope everyone's had a great start to the NBA playoffs. We're here to break it down just a little bit further.
0: Oh, yeah. A lot has happened since we hopped on here last. Um You know, we had some pretty rough predictions, maybe whether it was me predicting that the Mavs were going to finish off the Clippers or that series now 2-2, whether it was Ben with his uh, Grizzlies. Um, Before we get everything going, though, Ben, tell everybody about the sporting event you attended this last week.
1: Yeah, Uh, first time going to Fenway Park. Um, Could not have liked it anymore. That is now up there, tied for first with my favorite stadium I've ever been to. It's actually tied with... uh, Oracle Park, which it wasn't called that when I was there, but where the Giants play.
0: Okay, that's sick.
1: Those are are my two favorite stadiums I've been to. Fenway, I mean, they're pretty different too, but Fenway, man, it's so historical. Uh, Just kind of walking around the park, seeing, uh, you know, Yastrzemski, Ted Williams, Wade Boggs, Pedro Martinez, Big Papi, just so many legends. Uh, David Ortiz actually walked onto the field during like a TV timeout, got to hear the place absolutely go nuts. Um, and he's such a legend. So just, it was a very cool experience. Unfortunately, I was only able to see six innings because of a rain delay that lasted a couple hours. Um, so ding, not, did not get to sing sweet Caroline, but the fans kind of sang it in the concourse area and with the echo, uh, you know, from the, from the stands and all that, it, it mm-hmm. was, it was pretty cool. So the Fenway was tremendous. Uh, great opportunity for me to go and, and see the Braves play.
0: Yeah, it's awesome, especially the fact you got to go out there and see the Braves play. Definitely very jealous. That's on my bucket list as well. Um, I also attended a sporting event as well. I went to Hawks Knicks game four here in Atlanta. And first off, I want to say this is, if I didn't already think that New York fans were extremely scummy, I mean, they're about to be the poorest sports ever. They would not, I had Knicks fans just talking mad shit the entire way into the game, just running their mouths. And then when the game got going, we were whooping their ass. I was absolutely letting them have it. And they were getting so mad. I had one, I had one fan say he was gonna punch me in the face if I said another word. I said, good luck, buddy. We're surrounded by thousands of Hawks fans. We'll take turns kicking the shit out of you. And he didn't really like that that much, but so there was nothing he could do about it. And then on top of that, you know, these the Knicks fans are definitely poor sports. Let's put it that way. Offered to buy a lot of, to offered a lot of them to buy them team gear if they needed it for the Hawks. Offered to buy their Knicks jerseys <laughs> off them, but they all turned that down as well. But it was definitely great watching the Hawks take out the trash in Atlanta. Hopefully, they could do it again tomorrow. But I guess that's just a perfect segue to our first series. Let's talk about here. And I mean. Honestly, Ben, we sh- I should have brought my brooding with me to Game Four. I'm kind of pissed off I didn't. If Nate McMillan didn't fall asleep during Game Two back in Atlanta, back in New York, we probably would not have been able to. He left Trey Young on the bench while they were on a 30 to eight run. But honestly, I mean, I, I don't know how the Hawks got to play the worst team in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference is the is the four seed is the five seed. But you know, we got lucky. Honestly, this Knicks team was a great regular season team. Don't get me wrong; won me a lot of money, but. This so Knicks team. Julius Randle is clearly not the same player in the playoffs. The Hawks had a lot different game plan for him. Derek Rose has honestly been their best player the entire series. But I think my favorite part of the entire series was watching that game three and just watching us demoralize them the whole game. And then after Capella blocked back-to-back shots in one possession, just giving him the finger wag. It was just kind of like give it up, like pack it up New York. The season's over. And then today Capella told, said that he's ready to send the Knicks on vacation. So just makes for even better game tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I'm going to – I still don't think the Knicks are the worst team. I'm still going to hand that to the Wizards. But, um, I mean, they, like, like you said, they haven't been playing well. Julius Randle was the was their star player that got them to this point. I mean, obviously, um, Tib, Coach Tibbs has a lot to do with that. But Randle, I mean, I think the Hawks have done a really good job of forcing them to take some some difficult shots, fadeaways. Uh, baseline jumpers I, you know to me the hardest shot in basketball is the mid-range from the side that, that to me is all at least it's been my hardest shot and I wouldn't say I'm that great of a shooter but you can't use the backboard if you choose to it's just a direct shot and it's tough and Randall's had to take a couple of those from the mid-range he said to take a couple step back threes That's not really his game like he could hit a couple threes but he's not a step back type of shooter so I mean, the Hawks, they've made it difficult. When Randall tries to drive, they swarm him with the double team, and, the, and they're going to force the guys to make shots. And you know what? I haven't been that impressed with R.J. Barrett. Um, he's, it, if it's a set shot, he can make it. So he's not a bad shooter, but anytime he actually takes a jump shot, like where he's jumping off the ground, he, like does not go in. So the Hawks are going to continue to force these guys – to make open shots. They're not gonna let Randall beat him. Uh, I think Nurlands Noel has played a great series, but you can notice a difference between him and what they would probably have with Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. I think that's a big loss. Nurlands is is a good player, but he's not a starting five. And you know, you brought up D Rose. I think it's unbelievable to see him do what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's not that I doubted him. He's always been so talented. It's he's just a guy that it's impossible not to root for him. He's had such a long and hard road back. And, you know, he'll admit it. He, I think he had a long Instagram post one time. He goes, I'm not what I am. Like, stop this like vintage Rose stuff. He goes, the only, I think he said the only thing vintage is my floater. Like he's making, a, he's making shots. He's getting to the rim. Um, he's just, he's not enough. And, you know, I texted a couple of my Knicks fans and, As good as Coach Tibbs was as a coach, I thought it was an awful decision to put Derrick Rose in the starting lineup because Mm -hmm. I I know why he did it. I mean, I'm thinking he did it because the Knicks needed to start out better in games because the Hawks were getting out to good starts. Mm -hmm. And Rose was really – has only been their – he's really been their consistent – the only consistent scorer. Yeah. So I get why. But without Derrick Rose coming off the bench, their bench has no one to ignite that offense. You're relying on a rookie, Emmanuel Quickly, who had a solid rookie uh, regular season to step his game up even more in the playoffs. And that's too tough of an ask. And their bench right now is doing absolutely nothing against the Hawks' second unit. The Hawks have a very good second unit. And the Hawks have been able to take advantage all game long. They've gone on long runs in all three of their victories. And they're playing great collective team defense. I mean... In game one, I was a little worried when Capella was out of the game, how the Hawks were going to rebound because they were awful. They've adjusted. They're playing Inequa um, um, Only Kongwu, is that how you pronounce his last name? Okongwu. O- o- Okongwu. They're playing him a little bit more now, and I think they need to. Um, Gallinari was able to hit a shot the past two games. Bogdanovich has hit some shots. It's just like the Hawks in the playoffs, you have to have a star player to lead your team. The Hawks have that. Dre Young's a star. Um, I'm not ready to call him a superstar. I think you know how I kind of feel about that word. I think it's the most overrated word in sports. Um, in, in my opinion, to be a superstar, you have to win something of significance or be up for an award of significance. So if he won rookie, of the, I know he was up for rookie of the year, but did win it. It's the first time he's been in the playoffs. I think he's on the verge of being a superstar. I just consider him a star. But Julius Randle is top 30 top like around the top 30 best players in the league he's not top 10 he's not top 20 he's not better than trey young you know what i mean the knicks don't have that one guy that's leading them. randall is a good player who had a great regular season mm-hmm. but he's not a star in the nba and you're seeing that in the playoffs
0: yeah i thought it was absolutely ridiculous when people wanted to throw his name in the mvp competition conversation I thought that was absolutely absurd but um just to put in perspective with you how good our Hawks have been, the Hawks um, are now, at, this is since March 1st, they're 30 and 12, which is the fourth best record in the league in that span. Since April 1st, they're 21 and 8, which is the best record in the league since that span. And since May 1st, they're 10 and 2, which is the second best record in the league in that span. This Hawks team has been damn good. And honestly, Ben, I know you said you don't like using the superstar word yet for Trey Young. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say that you're wrong or anything, but we're watching Trey Young come out and, you know, just keep on, you know, improving and making a name for himself. You know, we've watched Trey Young develop in the players right in front of our eyes. We watched him come in as a guy who a lot of people doubted because he was too small. We watched him come in as a guy who got traded for Luka Doncic who had a lot, you know, a big chip on his shoulder of what to play up to. Trey Young has done nothing, but honestly, he's loved the stage. That guy guy spit on him. What did Trey do? He turned and laughed. And then he proceeded to score about 20 points on him. I mean, it just feels like the bigger the stage, the better Trey Young plays. He's averaging 25 and 10 in this series. And he's completely stepped up to it. Every single step of the way Trey Young has stepped up Another way, they said all he did was shoot meat and take meaningless shots. What's he done? He's just turned his assists up more and gotten the whole team involved. Trey Young is developing and evolving into a superstar in the league. He might not quite be there yet, but I'd say he's in the top 15-plus players in the league, if not pushing on that top 10 already. I mean, Trey Young has turned him into an absolute I – mean, we're really watching the development of – arguably, I mean, I'm not going to say he's better than Dominique Wilkins because Dominique Wilkins scored 60 points in a playoff game against Larry Bird but we're probably watching the second best player already in Hawks franchise history. And this is only his third year. Just think of what all the more we have to come with Trey.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with on the verge. Um, I'm just not quite ready to put them there. And, you know, people, I mean, Luca and Trey are going to be attached at the Careers. Listen, Luca is definitely better i mean i'll admit that every time you ask me who's better i'm going to say luca he just does more but their teams are different they play a different style of basketball mm-hmm. and what trey is doing for the hawks is benefiting the hawks just as much as anyone else in the league as you just mentioned their record since was it may 2nd that they hired Nate mcmillan yeah they, they have like the Third or fourth best record in the league, I think it was fourth since hi- fourth since hiring Nate McMillan, and Trey's the star that gets this team going. So while his shot attempts are down, his assists are up, and his and the wins are up, he's doing everything he needs to do.
0: Yeah, no. The last thing I'm going to say on is just think about this. We've been, we've been without so many of our players for so long. We didn't have DeAndre Hunter. We didn't have John Collins for periods of time. She, we didn't have Trey Young for periods of time. I mean, it didn't, didn't matter Nate who's McMillan. out. Yeah, we do, we've, we've been without so many people so many times. I mean, we've had terrible coaching. And the fact we could weather a storm and get to where we're at, it's been a hell of a season. Let's see what else can happen. Um, it is Atlanta. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. It's not over. Whoa, 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 it, it's whoa. It's not whoa. over. They're up don't
1: 3-1. <laughs> it's, it's best of four wins that need to finish.
0: Yeah, don't remind me that we're still Atlanta. Don't remind me of that. I don't, That's the last thing I hear right now. Anyway, next thing I'll segue to here is, you know, Ben, I know you said that you wanted to n- make amends for your take on the Grizzlies being able to go seven. I'm just going to say this, though, Ben. The Grizzlies totally let the Jazz off the hook the last two games. On Thank Saturday you. night, they, it was – I mean, Saturday night with less than four minutes to go, it was a tie ball game. Last night with, like, I believe it was with, like, two and a half minutes to left, it was a three-point game and the Grizzlies had the ball. They just threw the ball away. I mean, Memphis, honestly, they came out to play at home. I mean, the home crowd got in it and everything – Ja Morant, you know, is also a guy who's on the cusp, you know, of hitting that superstar level with the way he's playing and everything. Realistically though, Ben, I just think this team's still one player away. You know, Dylan Brooks is a great two-way player. I like him and Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, is kind of like your third option. I still feel like, you know, Brooks is more of a defense and like a shooter. I feel like you need another guy who can come in there and kind of initiate the offense. You know, like Jackson can shoot, he can play defense, he can rebound, but he can't really initiate the offense. I feel like Memphis – outside of John Morant really has no one. I mean, even if John Morant could go out there and score five points, but he's still the most impactful player on Memphis because of the defensive attention he brings and the fact that he's, you know, he's the one running the offense. He's the one running the show. So I really just feel like Memphis, you know, is one player away.
1: Yeah. And this series is not going to go to seven games as, as I said, it was, Um, you know, Kyle Anderson is kind of that guy that can do it all, Mm -hmm. but he's not, he's not good enough to take you to the next level. So they need like an upgraded version of Kyle Anderson. And if they get Kyle Anderson to come off the bench and, and be the guy off the bench, then that's better. That's a better suited role for him. Um, you know, I, I love, do I love, I, I like Ioannis Valanchunas. I think he's a strong player, but he's not good defensively. And he, he's getting eaten up by Gobert, who obviously is a better player, but Go- Gobert is more defensively and Gobert is, he's been able to score offensively pretty easy. In Valentinus, that's just not his game. He's sort of like a N.S. Cantor to where he's, he's, a, he's a really good offensive big man, but you don't get much from him on the defensive side despite his, uh, you know, big frame, big size. So, you know, the Grizzlies could use some help defensively, um, but I definitely agree with you. They, they need a wing that can kind of initiate the offense, and, and listen, this team, their coach is 36 years old. John Morant, I- I'm kind of interested in him. Is he going to fall into a category where he's more like a Russell Westbrook, John Wall? Or is he going to actually develop a pretty good jump shot? Because I think if he can develop a pretty good jump shot, I'm not saying he's got to shoot it like Lillard, Curry, Young, all these guys. Mm-hmm. But if he can develop a jump shot that you actually have to guard him and not back all the way off, I have no idea how you guard that kid because he's always going to be quicker than anyone who uh, is defending him. So he's always going to have the ability to get to the hole. But if you can get a consistent jumper, then they got to play up on you. He's going to get whatever he wants. Right now you can kind of sag off of him. He's only going to hit about two threes a game when he's probably taking five. So not a horrible percentage, but his team is lacking scoring down the stretch right now, and and he's just not, not able to shoot it. So the Grizzlies are in a good position. Um, Not in this series. I think their future, though. I like uh, the three guys you mentioned, Jackson Brooks and and Morant. So they can kind of add just one one more guy to to get the offense and defense going. They're going to continue to make the playoffs.
0: No, absolutely. You know, and I think you hit the nail on the head. I personally don't think Morant will be a shooter. I think he'll be more like that Wall Westbrook guy. But honestly, where we've seen Morant struggle is when teams put these like big like defensive wings on him. It's these big wings who are fast and athletic that he struggles with. Rather than when there's a guard on him, you know, he's getting whatever he wants. Like Utah was just trying to use guards, whether it was Mitchell or Conley, defend him, and he was blowing right by him. I mean, Utah also really doesn't have you know that wing like that. I mean, Ingles and Bogdanovich—they don't have a little bit. Yeah. yeah. oh yeah. I didn't even think about Royce O'Neill, but I don't even know. They haven't really matched up Royce O'Neill with him, which is weird, honestly. That's who you I think expect. it's because they
1: know they know they got Gobert in the paint. So if, if Moran could get past them, you got the best shot blocker in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Moran tried to dunk on Gobert and Gobert sent him back and it was pretty easy. Like he could do that over and over yeah. and over.
0: No, I wish, I wish Morant threw that one down at the end of the game. When he got fouled at the end, I think he missed one of the free throws, but still, I would have loved to see Morant throw that one down. But, no, Morant's definitely young. He's got some more steps to take, but he's getting the right experience he needs. Um, next one I feel like we need to talk about is one that I predicted we were going to have the upset, which doesn't look so good now, but I'm going to justify this one again for myself. And this is Dallas versus the Clippers here. Look obviously on that play where Rondo hit Luca, you know, Luca started wincing, started shaking his arm, you know, it almost looked kind of like in baseball when you see a pitcher hurt their arm, kind of what it was. And then, you know, they classified as a stinger ever since, I mean, Luca couldn't even hit a free throw after that pretty much, you know, I feel like that Luca didn't get hurt. I mean, I believe Dallas on Friday night at one point in time was up in the first quarter, like 28 to like 14, it was like 14 to two at one point, you know, like I feel like Dallas would probably maybe even have swept them. We'd be talking about Kawhi Leonard leaving instead Luca gets this injury. I mean, Dallas has talented players, but they don't have really. I mean, with the way Porzingis is playing, they don't really have anyone who can pick up the slack for Luca. And all of a sudden, the Clippers have newfound life. You know, they look like a completely different team in that game on Sunday night. Although Luca looked completely off, but that injury looks like it's opened the door wide open for the Clippers.
1: Yeah, that neck strain or neck stinger, whatever they're calling it. Um, supposedly he's he's feeling a lot better, and he's obviously going to play. He's not going to sit out a game. Mm-hmm um so we'll see if he's actually feeling better they what do they play i play tomorrow, they play night. tomorrow night yep so we'll see how how much better Luca is because we've already seen dallas going to la is not a problem for them they've already won two games in la um so we'll see listen if Luca is healthy this series is is incredible it is back you know back on pace to being incredible I think if he's not 100% healthy, then the Mavericks don't have enough to help Luca out, and that's kind of what we saw with the Clippers making this 2-2 now. I, you know, I, th- I think you got to give Kawhi some props. He, he's he been going off. Absolutely. Um, playing, a, playing a lot better defensively as a team. Kawhi's absolutely taken over on offense. Paul George is, has gotten better offensively. I'm not ready to apologize to him yet because – you got to do it consistently. We know Kawhi can do it consistently. He has two championships. So Kawhi's not winning another title unless Paul George helps him out and gets to be the consistent playoff scorer that he thinks he is by calling himself Playoff P three years ago. And, And listen, we know Paul George is talented, but he hasn't always had the playoff success. So the Clippers are going to need him.
0: Yeah, absolutely no. It feels like he has like that mental block in the playoffs. He'll have good games, but I feel like in the big moments that he disappears and kind of crumbles. I mean, even dating back when the Clippers played or when he played for the Pacers and he played against LeBron even, you know. Um, Speaking of LeBron, Ben, do you feel like this Anthony Davis injury, first off, do you think the Lakers are in trouble to win this series? And do you think it's made the West wide open?
1: I don't think they're in trouble. Uh, Not yet, at least. Now, Mm. he's,
0: he's not
1: ruled out. I don't, I don't believe he's been ruled out for,
0: uh, no, he's um, not playing tonight.
1: Oh, he's not. Okay. So he's already been ruled out.
0: Yeah. For tonight.
1: Um, I mean, that's, that's fine. Um, if Phoenix goes up three, two, you know, for a fact that the Lakers are not going to lose at home, it's going to go seven. If, if the Suns win tonight, um, I think, I mean, the Suns they are favored tonight. They should be favored. Uh, we're gonna see a different LeBron James tonight. We're gonna to see a guy that puts his head down, and you know what? I haven't looked at it over in points yet, but I might take it. Um, I, I. By the way, I already took Lakers plus five and a half. I took it mm-hmm. yesterday. I, I know. I, I know that you're on the Suns. I have so much faith in LeBron James mm-hmm. that I'm not saying they're gonna win this game, but I don't think they get blown out. I don't think they lose by 10 or more. And I know that I took five and a half, but I trust LeBron and I trust the role players. Like Schroeder played one of the worst games he's played this entire season in, uh, in um, game three. He was horrible from the field. Tavis Cobalt-Pope was horrible. Uh, we're going to see a different LeBron tonight. I think he knows he has to go off to give his team a chance. I'm going to say we get 40-plus LeBron and it wouldn't be shocked if he had a 40 plus triple double
0: wow um I mean you're definitely not wrong we're gonna see a hell of a game tonight out of LeBron I just feel like that Phoenix has momentum Chris Paul played a lot better and looked a lot better you even saw him saying I'm back he had 18 points last game I think Phoenix is a really good team they play really well at home that home crowd is going to be making a ruckus tonight I think Phoenix will come to play tonight I still like the Lakers win in seven I personally don't think the West is wide open. Don't get me wrong. Anthony Davis is made of glass. We see him rolling around on the ground all the time throughout this series. His health is definitely going to be a problem, but I think LeBron can weather the storm with or without Davis to get through the series. They still have Andre Drummond. So I expect to see him be a bigger part of the game plan tonight. But I really think that this Lakers team, you know, we're going to see really what they're made of. I don't think KCP is going to be hundred percent tonight. At least he has had time to rest though. Yeah. I think that we'll really see what they're made of. You know, LeBron seems to have different levels that he can take it up to in the playoffs. Chris Paul is known for choking in the playoffs. All that being said, I think this series goes seven now, but I don't think the West is wide open. I still think LeBron and the Lakers are going to make a deep run in this Western Conference. I mean, I really think that there's, I like that out, outside of the Lakers, the conference is wide open. You know what I mean? I don't see why LeBron without Davis still can't get through these teams now that he's Andre Drummond still, you know? It's just, I feel like that also, too, you know, DeAndre Ayton and and Devin Booker have both come to play in their first playoff series, you know, especially Ayton. Ayton's been putting up monster numbers. He's been doing work on the boards. He's been going off against Davis and them. I expect to see the Lakers throw a lot at them tonight, but I really think this thing goes seven. I think that they're going to have to be a game seven in the desert, and I think LeBron's going to end up closing them out there. I mean, you just don't want to go up against LeBron in an elimination game.
1: No, you don't. Um, I'm kind of curious to see if Montrez Harrell gets an increase in minutes. Um, I don't really know why he hasn't played at all. I wonder, I guess because they didn't need him, but I don't really think Drummond is that is good enough to be playing almost all of the, um, the minutes over Montrez Harrell. I, I, I don't think personally, I don't think he is. I think Tr- Montrez Harrell gives a uh, good spark minutes off the bench mm-hmm. like he, plays hard He goes up to loose balls he he's a uh, pretty good offensive rebounder um uh, even though he's you know smaller than than uh drum i know ayton's a big guy but maybe it's just a matchup thing but mantra is Harold. i i think he should come off the bench and play some
0: significant minutes
1: for the for the lakers
0: no i agree with you completely on that one i'd love to see Harold get in there and get more minutes tonight um last matchup in the West <clears throat> before that we moved back over to the Eastern conference. <clears throat> My voice is still, you know, leaving me a little bit from yelling so much at that game. I was, be, I was definitely the loud obnoxious fan at that one. But um, anyway, we got game, game five tonight between the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets. And when we talk about how weird this series has been, these teams have just been taking turns, blowing each other out. Like I'm hundred percent sure this series is going seven I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see Portland win six. I don't think Denver has the score. I mean, it's basically like, look, Denver can't defend Jokic in the paint. Jokic gets whatever he wants. On the flip side of things, the the Portland, I mean, uh, Denver has no answer for Portland's wing scoring. Whether it's CJ McCollum, whether it's Dame, whether it's Covington, whether it's Mellow. You know, they have Ow. all these guys who can get buckets and hit all these threes. So basically, took Austin Rivers shooting the lights out in Game Three to steal one on the road. I mean, Dame had 10 points last game. They barely won. I wouldn't be shocked to see him win in six, but is this not like the weirdest series you've seen yet?
1: This is, it's very strange. Um, I mean, as you mentioned, Dame Lillard had 10 points, but his team won by a million points. So Norman Powell had his career high and the uh, playoff career high. So, I mean, like you said, the the Blazers have a lot of wings to go to. Um you mentioned three of them, and then Powell to make it four. So, I think Lillard plays a lot better. Um, I'm on the Blazers. I think it's plus two tonight. Um, I, I'm Same. on the Blazers. So, uh, I'm going to take the better the 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 best player in this series, in my opinion, is Damian Lillard. And in the bat and in basketball, you take the best player to win playoff series because that's typically what happens. Uh, the NBA is a lot more predictable than, than other sports in the playoffs, in my opinion. So I'm going to take the Blazers in every single game in this series until it fails me. And I know that Jokic is incredible, he, but like you mentioned, for them to win a game, they needed Austin Rivers to go like five of six or six of seven from threes. Like I, I don't think Austin Rivers can do that every single game. Um, and you know what? You and I talked about this last uh, playoffs in the bubble. Michael Porter Jr. has not improved at all defensively. It almost seems like he didn't work on defense at all. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Teams are going to uh, continue to put him in pick and rolls to see if he can defend. And he can't stop anybody. So until he learns to play some defense, he's not going to hit his max potential because offensively he's got it. The dude can shoot. The dude can create plays. He's got it all. Uh Um but the blazers are going to continue to go after him. So I'm going to take the blazers tonight plus 2. If it doesn't work i take him again the next game at home.
0: Hey, I like the idea there. I'm I'm doing the exact same thing as you are there Ben. I mean <clears throat> the fact that he hasn't, you know, been able to to fix his defense is definitely huge, but I think Porter Jr.'s jump will be next year at least because, you know, he didn't even have a real rookie season. So last year kind of was that real rookie season for him. But I definitely agree with you. hes I feel like he's got to know that's what he's got to get better at to take it to the next level. Um, Let's go back to Eastern Conference. We'll talk about this one first. Look, Embiid definitely went down. I don't know if I'm that worried still about Philadelphia's ability to get to the conference finals or Embiid. I think it's more of a precautionary reason. I mean, Philadelphia played basically 500 ball without Embiid for a good bit of this season. So I think the way they look at it is we'll take care of him at home. I mean, the game plan's kind of thrown off, you know, without Embiid and whatnot. But thing that does worry me and reminds me why that Philadelphia can't win the Eastern Conference was Ben Simmons. I mean, he got embarrassed, honestly. they Scott Brooks literally said – we're gonna foul you. We're gonna put you on the free throw line. We know you can't make a damn free throw to save your life. You're gonna go up there, you're gonna miss, and we're gonna win this basketball game. I mean, he pretty much got bullied by the Wizards. Not only did I think it was pathetic, but it's just sad. You know, like you're an NBA basketball player. We know you can't shoot the three-point ball, then, but you at least gotta be able to hit a flip and free throw, man. I mean, literally every single he knew it was coming too. Like you could see literally, like they threw the ball into him on one of them, and he threw the ball away, and it was like he was like, please forget to foul me, please forget to foul me. And nope, they still fouled him, sent him right to the line. What did you bricked him? both
1: yeah and i for some reason i thought the nba had got rid of this hackish you know hack a shack hack a howard it's inside the last two minutes if
0: you do it that it's a technical foul before that you can do it but until the inside the last two minutes is when it's a technical foul okay uh so thanks for clearing that up because i did
1: not know that um it's you said it best um i mean you you use the word pathetic i'm going to use the word demoralizing um it's I, – I could not – I can't even imagine what is going through his head. Like, the confidence isn't there. You can see it on his face. It's like, am I going to hit this one? Like, I, why not? If you're Scott Brooks, I mean, this is going to continue in the next game, you would think. But like you said, I'm not too worried. I think the Sixers close it out even without Embiid. Um, the, uh, I guess, game five is coming up.
0: Yeah, game five. But I mean, they'll be back in yeah. Philadelphia. I feel like they'll get it done. Five.
1: Yeah, I think they'll get it done. I mean, you still have plenty of scores between Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons is is still a scorer. He's just a different type of score. He's going to get mm-hmm. his in the paint. Um, like I always mentioned, role players tend to play better at home. Um, I've, even though Danny Green shot the ball pretty well last game, I think you get you know the threes from Danny Green, the threes from Mac uh, Tyrese Maxey
0: played well. Uh, last Tobias game. Tobias
1: Harris, yeah. Tobias Harris would be the leading scorer for the Sixers, and I think they closed down in five.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely on that one. But, yeah, no, Max, he stepped up a little bit too last night. He got faded at the end, but there for a while in the third quarter and when they bought back in the fourth and tied the game up. There was a lot of him on that run. But, no, I agree. Philadelphia plays too well at home. I don't see it happening for the Wizards there. Um,
1: and you know what? If the Sixers are – if they're going to be up by a couple points and um, if they want to do the Simmons – you know, Haka Simmons, I would just take him out. Like, I get it. You want him for his defense on the other end, but um, it, like Tyrese Maxey, if I'm not mistaken, was an excellent free throw shooter at the University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And, he can, and he can handle the ball well enough to where if they're pressuring him, like he can break an NBA press. So uh, I don't know. Like, would it be weird to pay someone that much money in, in talking about Ben Simmons to not have him in the game as a closer? Sure, but, you know, if they're going to try that, if the Sixers are already up, because the Wizards aren't, well, maybe they will do this if they're up by a couple points, but I I just, like, you don't need Simmons in the game, I don't think, if they're going to try that, if that's how they're going to get back in the game, just put better free throw shooters in, because the Sixers have plenty of scores without Ben Simmons in the game.
0: No, I agree with you completely on that one. The Sixers, the Sixers team can shoot the ball. But I mean, I think, I feel like that without him beating there, they like, play better with Simmons because Simmons can kind of go down inside and do his usual back down stuff so they, and just kick it out to shooters.
1: Yeah. I was just talking about at the end of the game, if they're trying to foul them just mm-hmm. over and over, just just take them out.
0: No, I, yeah. See, I agree with that. I know for a fact they're going to revert to trying that. But no, I agree with you completely. If you have the lead, you can definitely afford to sit them down a little bit. Um, I'm not, I feel like there doesn't really need to be much said about this. All I'm gonna say is the Celtics are morons, first off. I know they have the big win on Friday night, but why the hell were they chanting Katie sucks and doing all like that shit talking before the game? Like that just gives Brooklyn more motivation, a team that's 10 times better than you to come out and smack you if they didn't already have motivation from losing the other game. Thought that was really stupid, but Other thing I want to say too before we talk about the upcoming series a little bit, because I mean, it's inevitable it's happening. Celtics are going home tonight. Kevin Walker and Robert Williams are sitting out. I mean, they're 13 point dogs. I don't see it happening, but. How about the Bucs, man? They got embarrassed last year in the bubble. I mean, if anything, they proved that the bubble was an anomaly, but this Bucs team's gotten a lot better. They put the ball in the hands of Drew Holiday and let him actually operate and run this offense, and then that's how that they get Giannis involved, is they kind of give it to Giannis, and he's got shooters. Not only do shooters to kick it out to, but it opens it up for other guys to go to work too because the defense can't just worry you know, about Middleton shooting and Giannis's driving. they got to worry about Holiday doing the same stuff too. I mean, this team – it's like the bully, honestly. At like, it's like it's like the kid who punches the bully in the face. The Heat bullied them last year in the bubble. This time, they're like, "No, nah, you're not taking our lunch money this time." And they not only did they punch him in the face, but they took, knocked him to the ground and just kicked the shit out of him. I mean, this is a good old fashioned just ass whooping. I mean, the Heat actually came out and showed some life in Game Four, and the Bucks just weren't even having it. The Bucks absolutely blew them out in the second half. I think they outscored him by like 20 points in the second half. The game did them not even being close. I mean. This Milwaukee team just looks completely different. They look maximum motivated. I mean, be honest with you, the fact these two teams have to play each other right here, this is going to be a bloodbath in the second round.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's a Goliath matchup mm-hmm. in the second round. Um, I, I don't want to touch on anything else in the first round. Between the Bucks and the Heat, you pretty much uh, covered that. I mean, it was a blowout in every, every single game. Um, but, you know, I think we're seeing what pressure – uh, what kind of positive impact pressure might have on on some teams and some players? I think everyone, including Coach Bud, knows he's gone if if they lose, you know, early. So they showed it from the jump. They, they came out and play, and played great in every single game, and they kept it going throughout the entire game. So, you know, the second round matchup, it's you know, uh, the Bucks have. Drew Holiday, Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Brooke Lopez. I'll even include Brooke in there. Mm -hmm. Versus the big however many you want to call it for the the Nets. Because don't forget Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and and Joe Harris. Like It's not just the big three. Joe Harris is one of the best spot-up shooters in the NBA. Uh, uh, Blake Griffin is still an athletic forward. um, That has shown he can actually play some defense. So I'm kind of more interested to see how they match up defensively. I think Giannis will probably guard KD. Um, Middleton is – I don't know. I mean, do you put Middleton on KD or Middleton on Harden? Like, I would assume you put Middleton on Harden because he's a little quicker than yeah. Giannis. And Giannis has the size to go up with KD and the strength. Um, he, You know, he's probably stronger than KD, so KD won't have much of a post game. But it, it's going to be interesting. Drew Holiday is, is a great perimeter defender. But there's no one in the NBA that can stay in front of Kyrie Irving, so – that I, I think the Bucks match up well enough against the big three of the Nets, but I'm still expecting the Nets to win because of everyone else they have. Like you, if Joe Harris is going to get twenty points, like you're not beating the Nets.
0: So yeah. See, the problem it, is though is like the Nets you can't use the strategy of walling Giannis out of the paint. You know what I mean? They don't have the big men like that. Does I mean DeAndre Jordan's in there? Obviously hurts you on offense. And I mean, DeAndre Jordan's not what he used to be. Blake Griffin is not going to be able to do, protect the rim like that. I mean, he, like you said, he's definitely stepped up on defense. So he's not going to be able to help you. I think Giannis scored over 40 every single time that he played the Nets this season. So we know I mean, that's going to happen for KD, sure.
1: KD, when he wants to be, is not a bad defender.
0: We've mm-hmm. seen KD
1: go one-on-one with LeBron in the playoffs when he was on the Warriors. And he, he was able to felt LeBron. Um, I think you're just going to have to throw multiple looks at Giannis and try and shut down everyone else. I think Blake Griffin, I think uh, Durant, um, if Jeff Green comes back, I think, I think he's expected to come back for round two. I think those three guys, I think you kind of throw all at Giannis and, you know, we'll see. It's going to be a great matchup.
0: No, I can't wait. I mean, it's going to be must see TV. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for all season. Um, you know, Ben, would you say that this playoffs in general has been probably the best playoffs you've watched in a while? Well, it's been kind of weird because uh, – in, in a good way, weird. But, like,
1: we've had we've had blowouts and we've had close games and not really consistent good game stretch between, like, a certain series. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, game one of the Hawks-Knicks was uh, – you know, it came down to basically a buzzer beater by the Hawks. And then – it was kind of a blowout, and then the Knicks won pretty big, and then the Hawks won big, and then like you mentioned earlier in the Nuggets and Blazers series, there's been blowouts there. Um, you know, AD getting hurt, the Suns winning big, uh, the Lakers won big in, in – uh was a game two, I think, I think mm-hmm. they won big. So it's just been like – there's been a lot of good games, but it, it, it's just – there's been more blowouts than I ever thought there would have been.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there definitely has been lots of blowouts, but I think the quality of basketball and everything has just been so good. I mean, especially that first weekend was awesome, but I feel like it's set up, though, for such great games in this upcoming rounds, you know what I mean? And we, and we've, even seen for some, great... we've seen
1: some big injuries, though. Obviously, Joel Embiid, um, LeBron was right before the playoffs, AD, Chris Paul. And, I mean, no, Chris Paul and AD getting hurt shouldn't shock anyone. That's just what they yeah. do. They get injured. But – it's it's the, I, I'm trying to think of who, who said this, but someone phrased the Lakers as the best player is Anthony Davis, but the most important player is LeBron James. And I kind of agree with that. Um, LeBron tends to let AD kind of take over more so than he did in the past. So, you know, without AD, LeBron needs to score more, and that's what I think he's going to do tonight. And it's just... I don't know, man. It it's it's been it's been a good NBA playoff through round one and and including the playing games.
0: No, I agree with you completely on that. I can't wait to see what else we have in store. It's to be fun to see how the rest of these matchups play. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Anything else you want to talk about before we get up out of here? Nothing about basketball. I'm good on that. Anything on the other sport front that you think <laughs> we should address?
1: It am i allowed to dive into the name uh, naomi Osaka situation real quick
0: oh is that with ozuna
1: no uh osaka she's a woman's tennis player she yeah. uh she she's the best woman's te- tennis player there is in the world okay. she's the greatest there is because serena is not what she used to be and Osaka has never looked that comfortable at press conferences it's not her strength and she's admitted that she's been re- Really nervous at press conferences. She's a great public speaker. So she came out and said, I'm not going to do any press conferences for for the uh, uh, Paris tournament that they're in right now. And there was nothing made of it. She stayed in the tournament. And then the uh, all four grand slams, or all four majors in tennis, basically like went against her. And they're like, we're going to continue to find you. You can't do this, this and that. And so she she said, you know what? I'm going to withdraw my name from the tournament. So she's oh. withdrawing her name from the tournament. And she said, I'm going to take a break from tennis for a while. And of course, now the uh, WTA and the Grand Slams have said, well, now we back her. We think mental health uh, needs to be talked about more. But I mean, they're, they're hypocrites. You tell her she can't do something because, uh, you know, and, and listen, she this isn't a mental health excuse it's something that you can literally see when she talks in press conferences she's not a natural public speaker she mentioned that she doesn't feel comfortable doing it It, there's a lot of pressure you're getting reporters because tennis is global you know you Mm -hmm. play tournaments in france australia so you're the reporters from all over and you know what women's tennis now lost its best player and i have no idea when she's going to return i have no idea if she's going to return and that's a loss on the sport and you know what i I was pretty disappointed, and not not with her withdrawing. Um, she warned them. They didn't take her seriously, and this is what happens. When you don't take people's mental health seriously, it, it's not like the older days. It's pressure – there's more pressure on kids nowadays and, and more pressure on athletes that you have to listen to people. If people say they're dealing with mental health um, or depression, it's you have to listen to them. And you have to try and help them as best you can, because there's been plenty of NBA players that have talked about depression. LaMarcus Aldridge came out yesterday saying he feels like he can still play basketball, but he, he doesn't feel like it's right for him at the moment. So he retired. DeMar DeRozan's talked about it. Kevin Love has talked about it. It's, it's not taken seriously enough. And the result of it is women's tennis just lost their best player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. First off, it's been a long day. I don't know how I didn't realize that you, you were talking about me so Osaka, but I didn't even realize that it actually happened. But that's crazy, and honestly, it's a damn shame on the sport because I'm not a big tennis watcher. I like the sport. I just don't really watch it that much. I did watch some of that matches. She beat Serena, and, I mean, actually, I mean, she's very talented. She's, she's like, you know, the young up-and-comer in the sport, and just to lose somebody like that, I mean, that would literally be like – the NBA and telling Luca he can't play anymore because that he doesn't want to take press conference. It's completely asinine by the sport of women's tennis, but also, you know, I feel bad for it. You know, the tennis is, I'm sure it, obviously it's something she loves doing, you know what I mean? It's her, it, not only is a hobby, but I mean, it's what she does for like her life and you can a tell living. she loves it. Yeah. She's extremely competitive and probably works harder than anybody in the entire sport at it. The fact that you shun her from doing something she loves like that, because she doesn't want to speak to reporters like that's absolutely ridiculous. That's a huge loss for women's tennis.
1: Yep. I mean, listen, I understand that as an athlete, uh, part of your job description is to talk to the media. I get Mm -hmm. that. But you can help her out in other ways, not just saying, Hey, we're going to find you for it. So, you know, I I don't know. I I don't want to compare it to Kyrie Irving because it's not the same, but Kyrie before the season said he wasn't going to talk to the media because he didn't feel like they talked about important topics. And, you know, obviously everyone knows Kyrie, um, does a lot of stuff off the court because you think that stuff is bigger than mm-hmm. basketball. And it is, it, it's bigger. It is bigger. Um, but Kyrie's obviously talking to the media now. So it's just like, I don't know. I, I feel bad for, for Naomi Osaka. Um, shame on women's tennis for putting her through this. I'm glad that there's a bunch of athletes supporting her. Um, I hope other people, everyone should be supporting Naomi Osaka because women's tennis needs her and she doesn't need them. So I hope she gets the help that she needs and she's looking for. And I hope one day she returns to tennis and of no doubt in my mind, when she does return, she's going to go right back to being a multi-champion. She's won multiple tournaments and she, she's going to do it again. I mean, when she comes back. So I hope she comes back.
0: Yeah, no, I'm absolutely a hundred percent with you on that one. Then um, we definitely need her back there in the sport. Um, Anyway, I'm glad you brought that up. We definitely don't talk enough tennis on here, so I'm definitely glad that we added that on here. But anyway, Ben, I appreciate you hopping on today and talking some sports with me.
1: Yeah, man, we're going to continue this NBA run we're on. By the way, real quick, everyone needs to check out my man's Twitter.
0: What's your Twitter name? Uh, it's TP3Bets.
1: The man is on fire with his NBA bets. If you need proof, I even think he's tweeted out the proof. The man's on fire.
0: Hey, I appreciate that, Ben. Um, yeah, Last night, the Grizzlies spurned me at the end of that game, but it's all right. We'll get it all back tonight. Just know this. I got tonight's card. Not crazy about tomorrow, though. I got a big-time bet, so go check me out on Twitter at TP3Bets. Follow Ben. Is yours at – what's your Twitter handle? Benny G? Yeah, Benny G24. Okay. Follow Ben at Benny G24. Appreciate everyone who tuned in and listened to us today. We'll talk to you all again soon.